title of this morning's message is The Science of Faith. And the Bible says this in Matthew 12, 22, that a demon, a demon oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And I need to stop right there. When you are a born-again believer but are operating in a spirit of fear, you are a kingdom divided against yourself. You are a house divided against yourself. Because fear is not an attribute, uh, fear is not an attribute of the culture of heaven. And so if you are born again, you are in the culture of heaven. But if you are living a life of fear, when you are born again, you are a house divided against yourself. And this may be a reason why your life isn't standing up and looking the way it should. Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, here's the main part of the whole scripture I want us to recognize, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And in this Power On series, that is our heart's desire, that the kingdom of God would come upon us as a church, upon us as individuals, to see this Northeast Texas truly influenced and have a culture change by the power of God. And we know this, we're in a, th a theme this whole year called REACH, which stands for Raising Eternal and Community Hope. Raising Eternal and Community Hope is the heart's desire of TWBC this year. And in doing that, God's given us a key verse of scripture, and it's 2 Corinthians 10, 13, and it's the last part of it, and it says, we will celebrate only with regard to the area of influence God has assigned to us to reach even you. So we know this, God has given us an area of influence as the church that he has assigned to us to reach even you. That means all the people in a 20-mile radius of this campus, which is about 65,000 people, is our assigned area. So therefore, church, we are not in competition with other churches. Can I get an amen? amen. We are working coordination with other churches to influence culture in a 20-mile radius to see the kingdom of God expand at a rapid pace. And I believe that we live in the most precious area in the whole world, this Northeast Texas area. We live in what I believe is a Matthew 5:14 area, the light of the world, and a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. And so this year, we're going to see God do amazing things through us as a church as we reach, raise eternal and community hope. We're going to ignite nations around the world. We're going to set them ablaze with the fire of God. We're going to watch God do that. Jeff did it last month in Moscow. We're doing it this month and when we go to Bhutan. We're sending a group of kids to Costa Rica this year. We're going to ignite nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to have a profound impact on a four-state area. We're going to leave God's fingerprint on a four-state area of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. We're going to leave an imprint of the DNA of God in those areas, but we're going to influence and change culture in a 20-mile radius of this campus, and that's what we want to see. And we're going to start it this morning by beginning to eradicate fear. And I believe this this morning, that when you leave this place, you're going to be able to say the phrase that's been echoed for about five decades now, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last, amen. I believe that you're going to be able to declare that when you walk out of here, not that you've just been set free, but you're going to stay free, amen. See, if we're going to change culture in a 20-mile radius, we're going to have to impact our culture in such a way that we are literally walking without fear of the culture that we're going to war against. Amen. And I can tell you this, there is no racism in heaven. Amen. Amen. 
And racism is a fear-driven issue in, in our society. Listen, I'm so glad we live in a theocracy in heaven, not a democracy, because that means there's no politics in heaven. Amen. And there is great fear spread abroad across the United States because of the political climate that we're in. So within a 20-mile radius, we're going to begin to change things, and we're going to do it this morning by getting rid of fear in every area. Now, I want to, I want to talk to you for a moment. Through our Freedom Ministries, we have an awesome program that, that's led up by Bonnie T. Meyer, and we can watch God walk you through a process and see you completely delivered from fear in your life. But if you're dealing with in your life, if you deal with anxiety, it's a fear-based issue. If you deal with stress, it's a fear-based issue. If you, have a, if you have a controlling lifestyle, it is a fear-based issue. You know a spirit of control, right? I don't have a spirit of control. Most of the time, the most adamant ones who say that have it, right? Because you think you're in control by declaring, I don't have a spirit of control, right? So the very fact that you declare it and have to tell people you don't have it probably is a reason you need to be set free from this morning. Um, manipulation. If you got to manipulate people to get your way all the time, manipulating them through fear tactics. Well, you know, if you do this and this could happen or this could happen or this could happen, manipulation. If you have panic attacks, that's, a, that's one of the manifestations of fear. Unbelief is the manifestation of fear. Isolation. You just don't want to be around people. Now, some of you guys are not people people, but some of you are just like, I don't want to be around people because they freak me out. <laughs> okay, you got a fear issue. Um, apathy, fatigue, if you always walk around and you're, and you're full of apathy and fatigue and you just don't have a desire for life, it's probably a spirit of fear encringing upon the spirit of joy that God has given you. Have you ever known people with the spirit of joy don't really have a spirit of fear? You know, so the greatest way to get rid of your spirit of fear is to develop a spirit of joy. <laughs> Right, And that's going to be done through a faith walk in Christ Jesus. Uh, phrases. Uh, many people have uh, phrases that show that you have a spirit of fear. It's like, hey, don't do that or this could happen. Yeah. Right? You know, you got to put your seatbelt on or you could die in a car wreck. <laughs> no, you put your seatbelt on because it's a law. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It is to protect you. But if the only reason you tell your kids not to do something is because they could die all the time, you got a spirit of fear. Put a jacket on. You're going to go outside and catch your death of cold. I don't know how many times I've heard grandparents say that to your kids, and I'm like, no, they're not. Listen, we grew up crazy. <laughs> Ran outside all the time, freezing cold weather. I mean, it, I'm still alive and kicking. I'm not saying don't be smart. Be smart, but don't use fear tactics and fear phrases over your kid's life and impart your spirit of fear into their life. We must break a generational curse of fear going from parent to kid to parent to kid to parent to kid. Well, because my granddaddy died of cancer and my daddy died of cancer, I guess I'm next in line for cancer. No, you're not. Break that spirit of fear off your life. You are not next in line. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And the Bible says no undue curse can come to rest on your life. And fear is part of the curse of the law. Oh, come on now, man. I, for those of you visiting this morning, I'm just going to clarify. I'm going to preach real strong this morning on this message. Be, because I've had way too much junk come against me this week to preach this message. Last night I spent three hours counseling with somebody who, who was, said they were going to end their life. And praise God, they're still alive this morning. Amen. But, but I, I'm not going to back off because the enemy's trying to infringe on my culture of heaven that I'm trying to press forward. And so if it sounds like I'm preaching rather strong this morning, it's because I am. Yeah. 
Because I'm not preaching against you. I'm preaching for you and against the spirit of fear that's trying to settle in over your life. And so join me this morning and let's be the army of the Lord and go out to war against the spirit of fear. And so I'm excited what he's going to do. And so today as we, as we jump into this message and, and we power on, we got to know this, that the life of the believer is this. It is to demonstrate the power and purpose of the resurrection over every enemy of humanity. This is what we live for as a believer. It is to demonstrate the power of the resurrection over every enemy of humanity. And fear is one of those main enemies over all of humanity. It is our job as a believer. Our responsibility is to use his power and represent him accurately. And we must represent the Father accurately. And so today we're going to face reality. And now this was a point that I used last week in my message with terminology, but it's a different point. Last week I used the term face reality. And it was the realization that there is a reality of another culture, the culture of evil, infringing on our physical reality. When there also is the culture of heaven wanting to come and overtake our physical reality. And there's a war going over your physical lifestyle right now. And it's the kingdom of evil versus is the kingdom of God and we must embrace the culture and kingdom of heaven and watch those manifestations develop in our lives physically so we can here on this earth go expand the kingdom of God physically on the earth. Amen. And now fear is not a part of the kingdom of heaven. And so we must face the reality that fear is a, is, is a real thing and that we're going to face it. So the kingdom of evil and the kingdom of God are constantly at war with one another. And one of the main enemies of humanity is fear. And so as we face this reality, we're literally facing fear this morning. So we're going to stare fear in the face and we're going to tell it to be gone. Amen. This morning you will be delivered from fear before you leave this place. I believe it at such a high level, it'll literally look like when you walk forward into the next week, you're walking fearlessly because you're walking by faith. And that's what God is looking for, believers who will walk forth in that kind of face, in that kind of faith. And so fear manifests itself in many ways, and we talked about those just a minute ago, worry, anxiety, stress. But we will never overcome a fear that we will not face. If you, will not, if you are not willing to face a fear, you're never going to overcome it. You'll never overcome a fear that we will not face. And to overcome fear, we must face it from a different culture. We must face fear from the culture of heaven, not from our earthly physical standpoint. See, many people try to face fear, and you do it from your physicality, your physical location, your physical standpoint, and you're wondering why you break out in panic attack and sweats, and you're like, all right, just calm myself, and I'm going to be okay. We're going to get through this. You're facing it from a physical culture. We must begin to face it from a heavenly culture. A heavenly perspective, a heavenly outlook, because you're seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. This is where you are. You're physically located here, but you're physically seated there. And so therefore, we must face this uh, manifestation of fear or spirit of fear with the culture of heaven. And as we face it with the culture of heaven, we're going to watch the culture of heaven dominate over every area. Now, here's the test. Here's the test if you've been facing fear in your life. The test is this. The test is not to look and evaluate your life and look for fear. That is not the test. A lot of people, you, you begin to, as I mentioned this message, do I have fear? And you started looking for the last time you were afraid. That's the wrong test. The test is this. You do not look for fear. You evaluate your life and see when is the last time you took a step of faith. Yeah, that's, good. that's the test. 
The test is not looking to see when the last time you were hindered by fear. The test is to see when is the last time I took a step of faith. Because if you haven't taken a step of faith lately, the culture of fear has got you in a place where you're not even willing to take a step of faith. And so the test is this. Do not look for the last time you were afraid. Look for the last time you took a step of faith. Now, the spirit of fear is a real thing. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So if he said he did not give us a spirit of fear, he's saying there is a spirit of fear, but I gave you power, love, and a sound mind. To overcome a spirit of fear in the culture of heaven, we operate in power, love, and a sound mind, and we will face off with that fear and overcome it with the power of God in every area of our life. The spirit of fear is what stops the step of faith. In the life of a believer, steps of faith should be the normal actions in our everyday life. Amen. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It shouldn't happen once every three weeks. woo I-, I witnessed to somebody about Jesus. No, your lifestyle should be a lifestyle of faith that you're always witnessing about Jesus. Yeah. And when you have to, you open your mouth and say something. You're always walking with the intent of laying your hands on a sick person and healing them. You're always going to Walmart looking for the brokenhearted that you can encourage them. You're always going into the convenience store looking for the person who, who, needs, who needs some help or needs a, needs a handout or a help up. And you give them the spirit of joy that God's given you. You're always looking for it. That is the normal life of a believer. That's why they call you a believer. A believer is continual. You're constantly believing. Otherwise, they should just call you a believe. Because I believed it at one point. I believe. No, but you're a believer. It's continual. You're continually believing. You're not a believe. You're a believer. And so we've got to begin to understand the normal life of a believer is in our everyday actions. We're walking by faith. Whenever, if you get attacked with sickness and you end up going to the hospital, you need to go to the hospital in faith that you're going to heal other people there, even though the enemy tried to infringe on your heavenly culture with the spirit of infirmity. Listen, the, the greatest way to give the enemy a black eye is if you're struggling with depression, go pray for a depressed person to get joy. I mean, you just step right back in the face of it. I mean, you don't let it dictate your life. And so we've got to begin to dwell on this culture of heaven and see what God is doing. Now, listen, it's easy to dictate and be judgmental about someone else's fear in their life when you're not facing it. It's easy for for you to look at me or for me to look at you and I see the fear you're facing and be judgmental about it and use phrases like this. Well, they just need to get over it. They just need to get over it. I mean, just, just, because here's the deal. They could if they would. Or they would if they could. They would, get, they would get over it if they could. They're bound by the spirit of fear or by the spirit of depression or by whatever it is that's holding them. They're bound by that addiction. So they just need to stand up and man up and get over it. That's the wrong answer for a believer. The right answer for a believer is noticing someone who's struggling in fear and walking straight up to that person who's bound by fear and say, get ready to be set free. And you literally walk them out of captivity. Listen, Jesus walked you straight out of the grave into heaven. He didn't say when you were dead and lost and dying in your sin, Joel, get over it. 
Overcome it. Rise up above it. He didn't tell me any of those things. No, he came and put his life on a cross for me and died and shed his blood for me and rose again three days later just for me and walked me out of an eternal hell into an eternal heaven so that I could be the righteousness of Christ. He did it for me. He didn't tell me to get over it. He got me over it. Come on now, that's good. He didn't tell me to get over it. He got me over it. And it's our job as a believer to get people over it, to walk them through it, to watch God deliver them. Now we're going to talk about the science of faith just for a minute. And in Newton's first law of motion, sometimes referred to as the law of inertia, inertia, it says this, an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. So let's break that down just for a second. An object at rest stays at rest. Many of us think we do not have fear because our faith has been at rest or it's been inactive. Many of us think we do not battle a spirit of fear. It's because of the law of science. It's an object at rest stays at rest. And because your faith has been at rest, you're not even doing something to overcome or bring you in contact to encounter a fear. So many of you say, I don't have a spirit of fear. No, you don't have a spirit of faith because you've never even stepped out to encounter a fear. Does that make sense? A lot of us are so bound by this. So an object at rest stays at rest. And many of us think we do not have fear because our faith has been inactive or at rest. An object at rest stays at rest. A faith that is inactive will never encounter the opportunity to overcome fear. And I got this ladder here on the stage. And if you are afraid of heights, this ladder is freaking you out. Where's Derek Dillon when you need him? Brother's traveling this weekend. and he, he, Derek doesn't like heights, okay? Man, I love Derek Dillon, but if you want to freak him out, bring him next to a ladder and tell him to climb it. I mean, he's six foot three as it is. I mean, I'm not, I don't see. If you're over six foot, you can't be afraid of heights for crying out loud. I mean, dadgum. Us five, eight people want a ladder just so we can feel what the altitude is like at six foot three. Come on. And so when you look at this ladder, if you're afraid of heights, you'll never climb the ladder. And so if I get here, and some of y'all are like, if he climbs it, see, some of y'all are getting nervous with me climbing it, because you know I'm just crazy enough to jump off it. And so as you're climbing the ladder, and some of y'all are like, oh, don't take one more step higher. And you're up here, I can just sense the nervousness in some of you guys right now. Hey, do we need a light bulb change up here? I can touch the screen. And some of you guys, you're so afraid of heights, you don't even encounter fear because you've isolated yourself from the ladder altogether. You never have a chance to encounter your fear, much less the first step to face it, because you avoid the ladder altogether. And you cannot say you're walking in a spirit of faith if you're not even willing to acknowledge the ladder in the room. The problem with many believers, you think you're, not, uh, uh, you think you're not bound by a spirit of fear. The truth of the matter is the fear culture of fear has so permeated our society that it's not that we're afraid to step up on the ladder. We're down here not even acknowledging the ladder exists. See, if I don't look at it, it's not really there. And if I don't deal with it, 
see it, I don't really have to deal with it. And so, oh, praise God, I'm not afraid of heights. There's no fear here. I'm all good. Life is good. You're not even acknowledging the ladder. And some of you, it's that way with sicknesses. It's that way with, 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 with you, you hear stories about um, family situations and, and you struggle with them because, so you just think, if I ignore it and don't go near it, it's not that you don't have a spirit of fear. It's the spirit of fear is so encapsulated your environment, you don't even know that you, you, you're living so isolated, you don't even step into the realm of faith to even oppose the fear that you're going after. Yeah. Does that make sense? We're, we're so far back that, that it's kind of like the phrase, you're so far behind, you think you're ahead. Right? I mean, I've ran track before. I've been there before. It's like, ooh, I'm in first place. No, I'm really not. Okay? And in this life, we've got to begin to understand, faith is not the absence of fear. Do, do you understand that? Faith is not the absence of fear. Because there is a spirit of fear and there's a spirit of faith. So the spirit of fear, faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is a trust in God that is greater than your fear so much so you're going to take a step of faith in spite of the fear and press forward with the kingdom of God. So if you're waiting for fear to be gone before you take a step of faith, you're never going to take a step of faith. you got to have a faith in your God that's greater than the fear. And I'm going to step out in faith and watch fear and that, and that culture be pushed back every step of faith that I take. Amen. Amen. So let, let me tell you a, person, a personal story with me. It still happens today. It happened this morning. Whenever we're about to close that last song... Many of you will see me open up my iPad and just kind of scroll through my message. It's because it doesn't matter how many times I've preached, how many countries in the world I've preached in, before every time I'm about to step up on stage, I, I encounter the spirit of fear. Now, this is still Joel today. It happened this morning. So sometimes they say, sing an extra song, Mitch. No, just kidding. <laughs> But even this morning, I, I, the minute I opened my iPad and I began to look, automatically it, it hit me. It's like, oh, are you ready for this? Did you prepare well enough? Did you do well enough? Did you study hard enough? Did, did, are all your notes right? Did you make sure you got them in the screen right? Did, da, 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 da. And my mind just starts racing. And so every single Sunday morning, every single Wednesday night that I preach, it's not that I get up here and I'm fearless. No, I'm full of faith, and it's so much greater than the fear that I'm facing. I step out in faith in spite of the fear and get up and deliver a message from God. So if you're waiting for fear to be completely gone before you ever take a step of faith, you're never going to be taking a step of faith, and then it's not considered faith anyways. Mm. Come on now. Because if there's no fear that you're overcoming, it's not really faith anyway. We must begin to realize that, fear, that faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is looking at fear, and in spite of the fear, you walk up to the ladder because you know that fear is there and say, even though I don't like climbing this ladder, I'm going to take a step of faith, and I'm going to walk up on this podium, and I'm going to preach a message, even though fear may be pounding you in the face and the weak may be pounding you in the face and you, and you say, I'm stepping out in faith anyway. I'm going to climb the ladder anyway and even if it stops me, I'm going to get up on the ladder and I'm going to grab it with both hands and I'm going to face it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And listen, the first step of faith 
is just as exciting as the 12th step. I'm telling you. And if you're waiting for the absence of fear to manifest before faith comes in, you're never going to move. Some of you, you wake up in the middle of the night in panic attacks, and God says, I'm going to set you free. And you're going to be able to roll over tonight and go right back to bed because you're already going to make your mind up. I'm going to work tomorrow by faith no matter what. No matter what my career looks like, no matter what my work day looks like tomorrow, I'm going in there by faith no matter what. And Jesus even said it. Why worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow is going to worry about itself. Each day's got enough trouble of its own. Who by worrying can add one cubit to his height or, and, and goes on with it? And so you need to just make up your mind out of a spiritual core value that's on the inside of you that says, I will walk by faith. And it doesn't matter what fear is out there. He told Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Why? Because if God tells you to be strong and courageous three times, you're going to face something that's pretty scary. But he didn't say stop because of it until it subsides. He said be strong and courageous and go lead my people to the promised land. When we begin to change culture in this 20-mile radius, and as we already are changing culture in this 20-mile radius, there's going to be pushback, and we got to push back with the culture of heaven, which is so much greater than the culture of fear that's trying to hinder you and trying to stop you. There is never an absence of fear in your walk of faith. But listen to this. There is a time you get so accustomed to, buy, to walking by faith, fear loses all power. There is a time. You get so accustomed to walking by faith that fear loses all power. It's not that it's gone, but it's just powerless in your life. Have you ever seen uh, an amazing running back running down the field and everybody who tries to tackle him just kind of bounces off of him? I mean, that's what it looks like. Fear loses all power when you begin to walk by faith at a common pace and practice in your life. Fear begins to lose power in areas. It just drops off. It just begins to fall away. And it's not that it's not there. It just doesn't have power over you any longer. Because faith now has power over you. Faith is what begins to dictate the area of your life. And so an object at rest tends to stay at rest. But then it says an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and at the same direction unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. So faith in motion will stay in motion at the same speed and same direction unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. Your life will coast along at the same rate of pace and same faith until acted upon by an unbalanced force. So you can say, I believe in healing and I believe God is the healer and everything is good and you're walking by faith in healing until the spirit of infirmity and unbalanced force acts upon your faith. And then when infirmity hits you, then you're going to say, now that object in motion that was going at the same direction in the same speed has been acted upon by an unbalanced force that either is going to change your direction, slow you down, or you have another unbalanced force called the culture of heaven begin to push you forward in spite of the fear or the infirmity that you're facing. So an object at rest tends to stay at rest. If your faith is inactive, it's not that you don't have a a spirit of fear. It's that you don't even encounter fear. But the minute you get to going in motion with your faith, 
The minute you begin to step out and say, I believe and I praise God, my family is debt-free, and we're going to stay debt-free, and we're going to live debt-free, and we're going to be debt-free, and then it's like, and you got to have another garage sale for your Dave Ramsey emergency fund, and you're, and you're pressing forward. Come on now. And you have this force of faith that is propelling you forward. But then an unbalanced force of the other culture begins to contradict it, and that's when faith gets real. Are you going to stand and believe when it looks like there's nothing to believe in? Are you going to stand in faith and keep pushing forward when the whole world says stop and give up on that kid who's lost and dying and going to hell? Are you going to keep pushing forward when the world says no, but the culture of heaven says yes? Because the promises of God are yes and amen. And through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God, the Bible says. Now, I don't like the second part of that. I like through faith, we inherit the promises. The patience part, we're working on. Faith in motion or coasting along or in activity seems great until acted upon by an unbalanced force. Now, let's talk about this unbalanced force for just a minute. Many of us have our reduced our lives to accommodate our fears. Many of us have reduced our lives to accommodate our fears. John Madden, famous NFL uh, football coach and, and commentator, made some of the most amazing statements ever made, like, wow, he'd have scored a touchdown if he didn't get tackled. Sure, John, yes. They all score touchdowns if they don't get tackled. Right. Right? He had such a fear of flying, he bought himself a bus called the Madden bus, and he drove to every single game, lived his life in a bus for six months out of every football season to accommodate his fears. Many believers are living their lives to accommodate their fears. You won't take that promotion because you're scared of what the other side of it might bring. You won't step out in faith and apply for that new career because you don't know what's on the other side. Listen, your destiny is on the other side of your fear. And if you live your life to accommodate your fears, you're never going to encounter your destiny. Joshua's destiny in the book of Joshua was on the other side of the Jordan. He had to encounter and come up against his fears. Because listen, he knew what was on the other side of the Jordan. He went and spied out the land. Caleb and Joshua did it. He saw firsthand the giants in the land. Come on now. Some of you are seeing firsthand the giants in the land. And so you're staying on this side of the Jordan to accommodate your fears. When God says, if you'll trust me and you'll begin to cross that Jordan, when you put your, put your foot in the water, I'll stop the water so all of you can walk through on dry ground. When you walk up on the other side, no one's going to be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. The Bible told Joshua, an old covenant, man, and we're in the new covenant with Christ Jesus. Come on now. A better covenant. And if God could give that kind of anointing to an old covenant man, and with Jesus Christ, there is no slack or lack of anointing because all that heaven has to offer is now for us. Think what he'll give us when we step out there. We will and we must walk forward with this unbalanced force. The life of a believer is, is, is to demonstrate the power and purpose of the resurrection over every enemy of humanity. The unbalanced force, listen to this, the unbalanced force is not the culture of evil. 
The unbalanced force is the culture of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is so much more powerful than this physical realm we live in and the the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says in Isaiah, when they see you, they'll laugh and scoff and say, is this the man who brought terror to the nations? See, the kingdom of heaven is the unbalanced force. The kingdom of heaven is such an unbalanced, more powerful force than the kingdom of darkness. It is the equivalent that you can climb a ladder all day or you can get in an elevator. It is that much of an unbalanced force. If this is the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of God is an elevator. And too many people are busy trying to overcome darkness and climb a step when all you got to do is get in God's elevator and he'll bring you up to the promises of him. And all the promises of God are yes and amen. And he'll rise you to a level that you literally overcome fear. It didn't say walk through it. It said overcome it. See, some of you think you're going to be duking it out with fear. No, if fear is this black box here, the Bible says, Joel, you're going to overcome it. So I step over it and overcome it. The fight's already been won. Our fight as a believer is not a fight against the devil. Our fight is to keep the good fight of faith. The devil's already been defeated. That's like going and kicking a dead cow. It's pointless. It's not going to get up. It's dead. Let it go. But so many believers are out there trying to kick something and get through something when the Bible says our fight is not against the devil. He's defeated. Our fight is the good fight of faith that when we keep faith in the promises of God, in spite of how dire or distracting the circumstances look, we overcome them by the power of God in us. So the greatest news you've got all morning is this. There's an unbalanced culture ready to flood your life. It's called the culture of heaven. The culture of heaven wants to come in and flood every area of your life, from your marriage to your kids to your your walk of faith. He wants to flood it in such a way that literally as you begin to walk, you walk in a power so great, a faith that is so great, it looks like you're fearless. Because you are. Because fear has no more power over your life. The Bible says this. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. It's time to create an unbalanced life. All your Christian life, you've been told this, well, you need balance in your life. No, you don't. You need so much of the culture of heaven in your life, it makes the culture of earth change. You do not need a balanced life. You need so much of Christ in your life, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, that you begin to change the culture of the world you live in. You don't need a balanced life. We need more heavenly culture. We need more of the Spirit of God moving in our life, so much so that our faith rises to a level that when we see an opportunity to step out by faith, we look fear in the eye and say, not today. I'm walking forward, and I'm doing what he's called me to do, and I'm going to step into a new realm, and I'm going to take my first step on that ladder, and I'm going to overcome my fears with faith with faith, because I'm going to look at it straight in the eye and say, you have no power over me. Yeah.